Welcome back to Voices of Church Past. I am your host, Rob Barnard. We'll be reading from St. Basil, De Spiritu de Sancto. We'll start off where we left off in chapter 9. Let us now investigate what are our common conceptions concerning the Spirit, as well as those which have been gathered by us from Holy Scripture concerning it as those which we have received from the unwritten tradition of the Fathers. First of all, we ask, who on hearing the titles of the Spirit is not lifted up in the soul, who does not raise his conception to the supreme nature? It is called Spirit of God, Spirit of Truth, which proceeds from the Father. Right Spirit, a leading Spirit, its proper and particular title is Holy Spirit, which is a name spe specifically appropriate to everything that is incorporeal, purely immaterial, and indivisible. So our Lord, when teaching the woman who taught, thought God had an object of local worship, that the incorporeal is incomprehensible, said God is a spirit. On our hearing, then, of a spirit, it is impossible to form the idea of a nature circumscribed, subject to change and variation, or at all like the creature. We are compelled to advance in our conceptions to the highest and to think of an intelligent essence and power infinite, in magnitude unlimited, unmeasured by times or ages, generous of its good gifts, to whom turn all things needing sanctification, after whom reach all things that live in virtue, as being watered by its inspiration and helped on toward their natural and proper end, perfecting all other things but itself in nothing lacking, living not as needing restoration but as a supplier of life, now growing by additions, but straightway, full and self-established, omnipresent, origin of sanctification, light perceptible to the mind, supplying, as it were, through itself, illumination to every faculty in search for truth, by nature unapproachable, apprehended by reason of goodness, filling all things with its power, but communicated only to the worthy, not shared in one measure, but distributed its energy according to the proportion of faith, in essence, simple, and powers various, wholly present in each, and being wholly everywhere and passively divided, shared without loss of ceasing to be entire, after the likeness of, sun, of the sunbeam, whose kindly light falls on him who enjoys it as though it shone for him alone. Yet illumines land and sea and mingles with it the air. So too is the spirit to everyone who receives it, as though given to him alone, yet it sends forth grace sufficient and full for all mankind and is enjoyed by all who share it, according to the capacity not of its power but of their nature. Now the spirit is not brought into intimate association with the soul by local approximation. How indeed could there be a corporal approach to the incorporeal? This association results from the withdrawal of the passions which, coming afterward gradually on the soul from its friendship to the flesh, have alienated it from its close relationship with God. Only then, after man is purified from the shame whose stain he took through his wickedness, has come back again to his natural beauty, as it were, cleaning the royal image, restoring its ancient form, and only thus it is possible for him to draw near to the paraclete. And he, like the sun, will by the aid of your purified eye show you in himself the image of the invisible. And in the blessed spectacle of the image, 
shall behold the unspeakable beauty of the archetype. Through his aid, hearts are filled, lifted up, the weak are held by a hand, and those who are advancing are brought to purification. Sitting, uh, shining upon those that are cleansed from every spot, he makes them spiritual by fellowship with himself. Just as when a sunbeam falls out of bright and transparent bodies, they themselves become brilliant too, and shed forth a full brightness from themselves. So souls, wherein the Spirit dwells, illuminated by the Spirit, themselves become spiritual, send forth their grace to others. Hence it comes foreknowledge of the future, understanding of mysteries, apprehension of what is hidden, distribution of good gifts, the heavenly citizenship, place in the chorus of angels, joy without end, abiding in God, and being made like to God, and the highest of all, the being made God. Such then, two instances, a few out of many, are conceptions concerning the Holy Spirit, to which we have been taught to hold concerning its greatness, its dignity, and its operations by the oracles of the spirits themselves. But we must proceed to attack our opponents in the endeavor to confute those oppositions advanced against us which are derived from the knowledge falsely so called. It is not permissible, they assert, for the Holy Spirit to be ranked with the Father and the Son on the account of the difference of his nature and the inferiority of his dignity. Against them it is right to reply in the words of the apostles, We ought to obey God rather than men. For if our Lord, when enjoining the baptism of salvation, charged his disciples to baptize all nations in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, not disdaining fellowship with him, and these men alleged that we must not rank him with the Father and the Son. Is it not clear that they openly withstand the commandment of God if they denied the coronation of this kind, this declaration of any fellowship and conjunction? Let them tell us why it behooves us to hold this opinion and what more intimate mode of conjunction they have. The Lord did not indeed conjoin the Spirit with the Father and Himself in baptism. Do not let them lay the blame of conjunction upon us, for we neither hold nor say anything different. If, on the contrary, the Spirit is there, conjoined with the Father and the Son, and no one else, and no one is so shameless as to say anything else, then let them not lay blame on us for following the words of Scripture. But all the apparatus of war has not been ready against us. Every intellectual missile is aimed at us, and now blasphemers' tongues shoot and hit again and again. Yet harder than Stephen of old was smited by the killers of the Christ. And do not let them succeed in concealing the fact that while an attack on us serves it for a pretext for the war, the real aim of these proceedings is higher. It is against us, they say, that they are preparing their engines and their snares. Against us, they are shouting to one another according to each one's strength and are cunning to come on. But the object of the attack is faith. The one aim of the whole band of opponents and enemies of sound doctrine. is to shake down the foundation of the faith of Christ by leveling apostolic tradition with the ground and utterly destroying it. So like the debtors, of course, bona fide debtors, they clamor for written proof and reject as worthless the unwritten tradition of the fathers. But we will not slacken in our defense of the truth. We will not cowardly abandon the cause. The Lord has delivered to us as a necessary and saving doctrine that the Holy Spirit is to be ranked with the Father. Our opponents think differently, and see fit to divide and rend asunder and regulate him to the nature of a ministering spirit, 
Is it not then indisputable that they make their own blasphemy more authoritative than the law prescribed by the Lord? Come then, set aside mere contention. Let us consider the points before us as follows. Whence is it that we are Christians? Through our faith, would be the universal answer. And in what way are we saved? Plainly, because we are regenerate through the grace given in our baptism. How else could we be? And after recognizing that this salvation is established through the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, we shall fling away that form of doctrine which we received. Would it not be rather ground for great groaning if we were found now further off from our salvation than when we first believed? And deny now what we receive, whether a man have departed his life without baptism, or have received a baptism lacking in some of the requirements of the tradition, his loss is equal. And whoever does not always and everywhere keep to and hold fast is a sure protection the confession which we recorded at our first admission. When being delivered from the idols, we came to the living God, constitute himself a stranger from the promises. Fighting against his own handwriting, when, when he, he put on record when he professed the faith. For if to me my baptism was the beginning of life, and the day of regeneration the first days, it is plain that the utterance uttered in the grace of adoption was the most honorable of all. Can I then, perverted by these men's seductive words, abandon the tradition which guided me to delight, which bestowed on me the boon of the knowledge of God, whereby I so long a foe by reason of sin? made a child of God. But I, for myself, pray that with this confession I may depart the tents to the Lord, and then a charge to preserve the faith secure until the day of Christ, and to keep the Spirit undivided from the Father and the Son, preserving both in the confession of faith and the doxology the doctrine taught them at their baptism. Who has woe who has sorrow? For whom is distress and darkness? For whom eternal doom? Is it not for the transgressors, for them that did deny the faith? And what is the proof of their denial? Is it not that they have set at naught their own confessions? And when and what did they confess? Belief in the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. When they renounced the devil and his angels and uttered those saving words. What fit title then for them has been discovered for the children of light to use? Are they not addressed as transgressors, having violated the covenant of their salvation? What am I that called the denial of God? What the denial of Christ? But what but transgressions? And to him who denies the Spirit, what title do you wish me to apply? must it not be the same, insomuch as he has broken his covenant with God, and when the confession of faith in him secures the blessing of true religion, and his denial subjects men to doom of godlessness, is it not a fearful thing for them to set the confession at not? Not through fear of fire, or sword, or cross, or scourge, or wheel, or rack, but merely led astray by the sophistry and seductions. I testify to every man who is confessing Christ and denying God that Christ will profit him nothing. To every man that calls upon God but rejects the Son, then his faith is in vain. To every man that sets aside spirit, that his faith in the Father and Son will be useless. 
cannot even hold it without the presence of the Spirit. For he does not believe the Spirit does not believe in the Son, and he who has not believed in the Son does not believe in the Father. And I can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. No man has seen God at any time, but the only begotten God, which is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Such a one has neither part nor lot in true worship, for it is impossible to worship the Son, saved by the Holy Ghost. Impossible to call upon the Father, saved by the Spirit of adoption. Well, thank you for listening to Voices of Church Pass. This has been your host, Rob Barnhart. We have read again from St. Basil to Spiritu to Sancto. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing the Latin, sorry. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe on your uh, podcast catcher. I would strongly uh, encourage you, if you want to support the show, to please head on over to the profile on Apple Podcast. Look up the show and please give us a four or five star review. If not, if that's not how you really feel, feel free to not necessarily weigh in. But uh, the reason why I ask you to do that is because for whatever reason, the the uh, the system that recognizes reviews and stuff like that is really important on trying to get like people to discover your podcast. So that would be really, really beneficial. Thank you so much. Uh, till we hear from each other again, may God bless you, keep you steadfast in the one true faith given unto the saints everlasting. Brothers and sisters Christ, till we are free from sin and free from death, in perfect unity for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May God bless you and keep you.